You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again from the Phys Ed Podcast. Hey, glad to have you again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. And this week we're hanging out with a very good friend of mine, Heather Catchpole, who is the head of content and the co-founder of Refraction Media, which is a STEM specialist media company, which since 2013 has been helping kids all over Australia and beyond, understanding that kids can truly create a smarter future. It's really, really cool. And so Heather has worked for over a decade as an editor. She's been a science news journalist and a producer at the ABC, Cosmos, and the CSIRO. And through Refraction Media, she has distributed over 1.75 million, yep, that's million, 1.75 million magazines to students right across the USA, Australia, and New Zealand through the Careers with STEM brand. In 2015, the company was awarded as Publish Australia's Best Small Publisher and was twice shortlisted as the best startup in the Telstra Business Awards. So she has an amazing credibility and also she's truly about helping kids understand STEM in many, many ways. And in this chat, we talk about careers with STEM and all the different pathways that are available and sort of the strange stories that have come up through her role as a specialist science news journalist. So uh, let's uh, get right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, Go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Heather, welcome to the Phys Ed Podcast. Thanks, Ben. Great to be here. Uh, look, it's funny how you say that. It is great to be here. Actually, we were just hanging out only yesterday. <laughs> we actually, yeah, we actually caught up in real life for the first time in a couple of years. It's been awesome. Oh, no, it's so strange. I mean, it's just, it's, oh, man, it's not, that's just not a 2020 thing. Just you and I have just been doing so many so many things and just happened to be that this year was the the year we're going to cross paths again (laughs) yeah absolutely what a year oh absolutely hey um, look heather some people may not have met you before uh so heather what do you get up to so i guess i've been around in science and uh, just a big fan of science for many many years as you know i did do some uh, fun science circus stuff but my uh true love's always been in writing about science and communicating science so uh, for about the last seven years, I've had a business called Refraction Media, and we sort of started off to, um, you know, helping people who had very complicated science to explain it to the everyday person. But as we um, continued to just work in there, we just found that there was a really big gap in what people were doing with their careers, not just in science, but in technology and engineering, and the kind of stuff that they were learning not just at school, but just um, in our everyday environment. Some of the jobs that we do nowadays are so complicated. Like you think about, it's not just building a bridge, right? It's building an optimized truck network to get, you know, gear from China to your Christmas tree. Like there's, you know, (laughs) the jobs out there are pretty complicated. There's, you know, people trying to invent quantum computers. There's, um, you know, even when we shop, you think about the data that we use when we shop and the, um, you know, the amount of information that might go into, say, a rewards program, you know, a lot of data in there, a lot of people, you know, crunching the numbers, trying to understand what's going on. So we found that there was this kind of gap in knowledge happening there. Uh, And that led us to start Careers with STEM uh, magazine. It's a sort of a magazine, a website, videos, a whole bunch of things, which I think you might have had uh, Karen talking about before. So yeah, Careers with STEM has really gone from strength to strength in the last couple of years. 
Oh, it's a really good reading. And um, I mean, as much as it sounds like a plug, no, seriously, it genuinely is. What I, what I love about this, this type of thing is that STEM, I mean, we often hear the STEM thing is out in the media all the time, but it is so diverse and so interesting to hear about what people do and more importantly, how they get there. I mean, geez, I mean, looking back over this time, and you've been doing this for quite a while, geez, you must have had some interesting guests. Yeah, absolutely. Look, that's one of my favourite things about working in this area is you just meet awesome people. So one of the um, recent profilees we had, Shan Shan, uh, she was, you know, doing a degree, didn't really know what to write a thesis on, you know, just like a problem that people will have when they come up in life. And she saw someone walking around with an oxygen tank um, literally connected to her, had to walk around with his oxygen tank all day long. So it's one of these problems that's not, you know, a few people have it, but it's just life-changing. So she came up with this amazing thing. You can put, put it in your pocket now um, and actually gives you the oxygen you need if you have any kind of breathing issues. So she's kind of come at science from like an industrial design sort of background. So oh. it's, just, um, it's just really cool to meet people like that. She, I don't know how old she is, but she looks like she's like 22 or something. So just a really amazing to, to see the people who are working on kind of problem solving in science. Well, just think just then, just I mean, imagine if you have mobility issues. I mean, trying to lug around an oxygen tank. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My granddad did. And I remember, you know, it was just such a hassle for him to go out that he didn't really want to go out. So, the, you know, this is what I love about science and technology is it's, it's world changing at a personal level, but it's also like literally world changing at a world level. Um, you know, all of the problems we've been dealing with this year, COVID, climate change, um, you know, overpopulation, pollution, like they all have their roots in STEM in some way. So, you know, you, you're literally like working for the greater good by, by working to promote the, the stuff that people do in STEM. Absolutely. And considering what you do, I mean, and naturally you'd cross paths with a lot of um, schools and students and all, all these different ways. As a whole, does the students have a, an actual idea of what they could do after a degree? I mean, obviously, as we go through high school, even primary, we hear about, yeah, let's go to university, college, whatever. And I will study the thing and we study the thing. And then you kind of go at the end of it, especially in your last year. I know I did. Now what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm about to graduate. Now what? Maybe I should have yeah. done some more planning. Um, how, do you, how do you find that when you, when you speak with, with students or at least hear them write in and whatnot? I mean, do they tend to know which way they're going to go? Yeah, look, surprisingly, students are just still really influenced by their parents mostly um, and then their teachers secondarily around what to do. So if the parents are really pushing for, you know, law or, you know, if the parents kind of work in the shop or if they work in the police force, like the kids just kind of model their careers on what they see around them. So there's this really great program in the Hunter um, to get STEM across a whole bunch of schools. So the CASE Network, C-A-S-E, check out their website. The stuff they do is phenomenal. So they just started doing this like simple STEM program in the mornings when they got kids together and they just did numeracy and literacy, like really, you know, basic let's improve your numeracy and literacy activities, but they made them all STEM related and um, some of them linked to some of the careers of STEM stories that we've been doing. Now over, I went and talked to those kids and I talked to the kids in year 10 and I said, what careers are you interested in? You know, what kind of things do you want to do? And they were like, you know, work in a bakery, work in the police force. Uh, I then talked to the year seven kids who'd been doing this program and I was like, oh, you know, what kind of careers do you want to do? And they were like, oh, you know, I think I want to get into cryptography or, you know, I'm really <laughs> interested in web development. And I was just like, wow, what a change to see that same school over uh, just a couple of years. They're, they're you know, 
I mean, and we need both. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I'm, we totally need bakers. Oh, we need um, bakers. I, I support every baker out there. Trust me. Absolutely. But they're just like the, the employment opportunities as people keep, you know, banging on. And I'm sure that your audience have heard, you know, there's, um, there's just, you know, STEM jobs are just growing twice as fast as other jobs. So there's just like a huge opportunity there. And it's really cool in a regional area to see the kids going, yeah, you know, it's a matter of fact that we're just going to hop into these, you know, complex kind of STEM areas and just, you know, you can just see the change in confidence there. I actually really love that because, I mean, I mean working with regional areas, I mean, I'm a regional kid. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, there's that old saying, uh, you, you kind of, I'm, I'm going to mess this up, but kind of like that uh, you, you will become what you see type thing. Uh, yeah. And unless you've got it in front of you, it's sort of, I mean, let's be honest, what year seven kids going to know, what did you say, cryptography <laughs> before? Yeah. yeah, like that, that, I mean, they might have heard of forensic science, but I mean, you know, what could you actually do, you know, with that? It's interesting. Do you see much of a difference between metropolitan and regional kids, considering that we're so connected these days with the internet and, you know, publications like yourself? Uh, do you see much of a difference or is there still that divide that exists? I think the divide is between well-funded schools and not well-funded schools. Ah. Um, Possibly there are more not well-funded schools in regional areas, but um, I think the, you know, the difference between a school that has a careers advisor and a STEM program coordinator and, you know, like a massive library full of 3D printing and awesome gear, um, it just, it's, there's kind of, you know, different in opportunity there. Um, however, I think I might have um, chatted with you after I, I did a hackathon with ANSTO, the Nuclear Science and Technology Organisation, recently and they got kids all around Australia to hack different problems. Uh, it was actually won by this team of students in Oatlands, Tasmania, um, who came up with a really cool way to harness the energy from ocean waves to, um, to power remote communities. So I'm like, maybe that's something that only Oatlands would have thought of, right? Like it didn't matter that they didn't have a 3D printer to make their you know, prototype of their, their project. They were just like, we know that something like this can help a remote community because, you know, you, you can just kind of transform that. So I, I do think that there's uh, a huge untapped, um, you know, resource in, um, in, in, you know, getting that kind of diversity and getting kids of, of all sorts into this problem solving space. Oh, I love the idea of a hackathon because, I mean, I mean, kids jumping into a real problem and developing ideas. Do you, do you see, I mean, there are a few different versions of this that you see around the place. I mean, do you... I, mean, I would love to see industry jump on board even more with this because it'd be so cool that you've kind of got this little, uh, I don't know, my brain went to a Petri dish, but a, a, a beaker, a, a, an accelerator, so to speak. Uh, you've got students who are really keen to try and solve a thing, but often are ignored because they're still in high school and they haven't got the job that does the solving. It'd be really cool to see students actually, you know, creating that, those little innovative projects because they've got no fear at this point. There's nothing to lose. Uh, Do you see anything like that around? Oh, yeah, look, this is so true. Like, you know, give kids a, you know, some kind of space to solve a problem in the way that they want to. And it's pretty amazing. There's some really cool programs that do this already. Um, if you, you know, after getting your girls into STEM, there's the Tech Girls or Superheroes program, which literally gives you like, you know, one kid is a business manager. The other one is the marketing manager. The other one is a technology kind of consultant. So they get a mix of people. I think this is a great thing about hackathons and also about some of the STEM uh, programs in schools. Uh, there's some teachers doing some extraordinary stuff, just cross-disciplinary projects. Um, and it's just so cool to see that come together and see arts and STEM, you know, kind of working together and just see the way that you can develop that cross-disciplinary stuff. This is a massive passion of mine and one of my favourite projects 
uh, over in the US was a, uh, a project that got kids working, kids who were doing physics and tech and uh, I can't remember what the other one, discipline was, got them together and basically did some like, you know, making gear wheels to, you know, come up with a new way to tell the time. Like there's just some really, really cool projects that come out of that cross-disciplinary approach. And increasingly what employers are saying to me is, you know, yes, you know, STEM skills are, are cool and we want, you know, uh, uh, the people that apply to us have an interest in that. But what they're really looking for is that ability to kind of work with other people across those different areas. So those kind of, you know, simple things like, you know, teamwork and adaptability and creative thinking and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think fostering that cross-disciplinary work really helps with those skills. No, I actually agree. In fact, um, I was sitting with a, in a, uh, it was a dinner uh, last week or so, and I was sitting with a bloke who does a lot of uh, efforts in, in innovation labs, uh, gets a bunch of people from all sorts of disciplines and just kind of, nicely bashes their heads together for a little bit <laughs> until they come up with in, you know, interesting solutions to a, you know, a particular problem. And I was having a chat, going, well, okay, how do you do this? And you know, there are certain ways to accelerate, but uh, it's, it's, it's the mix of people that actually makes the difference. Uh, I mean, we could all be engineers and then, and, and we all, we could be all be technologists or whatever, but it's amazing what happens when you put a data expert with an artist, with the person who is building the thing, who is the project engineer and also has the accountants person accountancy there as well. Cause they're the one that, you know, dollars have to flow somewhere. Having those people all converse. I actually say, well, why does it need a innovation lab to make this happen? So unfortunately, some of these sites may be that siloed. They only ever meet via email. Yeah. <laughs> not, not always, but something there's those barriers means that there's naturally a barrier to innovation and therefore not so good. So it's great to, for kids to see what happens when, if you really get cool people together and try and solve a problem, because that's the lot of, there's a lot of impetus in you know not just large companies also small agile companies as well to try and make things happen faster and better and it's really cool yeah but then you think about the school system right so one of the things that i've always been talking about is the fact that we are so super focused on content in the curriculum and the content is really siloed as you know um you know there's different things to tick off according to different subject areas mm. so how do you create something which is going to test these kind of skills and allow you to embed these programs without doing a massive amount of work to say, okay, but this curriculum point here and oh, I've got to include this assessment and, oh, but I need to hit this curriculum point. How does that, you know, work with their assessment? Like there's so much box ticking involved that, you know, it kind of stymies these sort of, you know, cross-disciplinary approaches and it doesn't say, yeah, let's test, you know, teamwork and creative thinking and things like that. It says, let's test, you know, do you know how to represent data and, you know, have you created a narrative of this particular sort? So I think, I think there's a lot in the Australian curriculum, which, um, which makes it uh, really, you know, time consuming to, to develop these things and, and makes it a difficult thing to do. Yeah. It's such a challenge. Cause I mean, we do a lot of work uh, with teachers in, in parallel, uh, you know, try, trying to look at how can you embed programs like this in and, and the amount of teacher innovation out there is just amazing. There's so many cool teachers trying to do cool stuff, but you're right. The syllabus gets in the way and I'll even say that these are not my words. It's, it's the teachers themselves and people listening in. If, you, if you're a teacher, I'm wondering if you're nodding your head, <laughs> please, please write in let us know what you think about this sort of thing, because the, this is over and over again. It doesn't matter whether I'm at a public school, private school, well-funded school, uh, less funded school, etc. Everyone says the same thing. And this is, like right across the nation. I mean, I'll, I'll be very, and, and I do hang out with a few North American teachers as well. So 
over there as well. So I'm kind of wondering, this is a global phenomenon that all classroom teachers know, and yet the syllabus is still in the way. <laughs> and it's such a hard nut to crack. I suspect it's certainly uh, a bit difficult for uh, you and I as outsiders, because we are, we're not within the formal education space. Um, but I am seeing though, because, you know, working with uh, schools all over the place, that there is this movement, especially at the grassroots level, to try and embed this in deeper. The trouble always just come, boils down to time. And yeah, the, uh, sadly, the, the ticking of the boxes. Yeah. yeah. No, it's uh, actually, I recently um, was talking with some uh, computer science education teachers and they're looking at um, how the Australian curriculum kind of compares to New Zealand, various other countries. Um, and there was a lot of talk about that, you know, do you hit the kind of broad uh, teaching and get kids across a whole bunch of things or do you hit the kind of specific knowledge? Um, and, you know, the, the, the difficult thing is what employers want is they want a real mix. They want people who have that broad knowledge but that, you know, ability to kind of deep dive in specific things. But what I increasingly hear, particularly from the tech companies, is we can teach this, you know. We yeah. can teach you, R if you're a data scientist, you know, we can teach you the up-to-date programming language. We can teach you whatever those things are. But, you know, we can't teach you to be broadly across a whole bunch of things. You know, we can't teach you that, that you know, we expect that to kind of come out of the education system. So, um, yeah, it's really, it's just really interesting to see those two sort of areas grow. And I guess that's where we try and sit in Caruso STEM in, in the middle is to sort of go, hey, this is what the employers want. And hey, you know, this is what you might get out of school. You know, this is your kind of study pathway so far. So how do you bridge that gap? And yeah, like you, Ben, I was, um, you know, I came out of uni with like four years down the track going, absolutely no idea what I want to do with my life. So a bit of a passion project. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's absolutely so. And and by the way, I mean, I, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be involved in a few different business accelerators and whatnot. And that's very, very much is a common theme. So uh, if you are an educator in a classroom, please do this collaboration. That is the one thing that is the common thread, no matter what. It doesn't matter what you're trying, problem you're trying to solve and whatnot. Is how do we make people work together in a way that's actually positive? <laughs> so I never really been a massive fan of the the whole name uh, soft skills. Because mm -hmm. sometimes they're generally yeah. hard, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but the um, turns out that interpersonal relationships are a thing, and <laughs> if you want to get across something really well in it with a very hard deadline with potentially high pressure, you're going to have to work with people and well and effectively. And so it you know, obviously eventually you know sometimes you're going to have some abrasive contacts as <laughs> certain ideas clash, but being able to work through those through are. Uh, incredibly important and so if you can put your students in a work in a place where perhaps there is a little bit of friction not too much you don't need like classroom brawls but enough enough friction to be able to get the kids to go you know what this is tough this is challenging we've got to have to work together because the clocks are ticking they're going to they're going to have to learn those skills and as they go into undergraduate and postgraduate etc they've had that opportunity to do it before they get in front of employers and they'll be better off for it yeah do you know one of the um like kind of simple things that I'd love to do is to get some sort of system that uh, allows kids to like maybe like emoji comment on each other's work, you know, just like <laughs> thumbs up, you know, claps and stuff like that. Cause I find with collaborative work, you know, certainly in my own business, sometimes just giving like someone a thumbs up and just saying, Hey, I'm here. I'm listening to you. I think you've done good work is, um, is a really cool way to do it. So like some kind of you know, like maths app where, you know, they could co-work on, on homework and, you know, boost each other in some way. I think that'd be a really cool way to foster that, um, those connections and collaborations within students. 
true. I mean, there's actually something I've, I've never really had a chance to play. I, I, I swear I've uh, mentioned this at some point in this podcast. I can't remember. There's been too many of them, but there's this application of want to dive in one day and just see it actually work pro well. It's this thing called Kyalo. Uh, I don't know if that's how you meant to spell it. Uh, I'll say the way it's spelled K-I-A-L-O, Kyalo, Kyalo, whatever it is. It's designed to be able to promote discourse between people with opposing views in a way that not just like one or two people, like think of like a debate, but right, but in such a way that you can visually see not only what people are thinking, but how they're feeling and ranking. It kind of looks like a spiral. There's like different colors coming out of it. If anyone wants to have a go at this, I'd love to actually see this thing actually work in, in practice. Because I mean, one of the things that comes up when you're dealing with teams of people is that uh, not everyone agrees. Yeah, that sounds great. Actually, one of the other tools that I... Um came across on that Ansto hackathon was um, there's like a, a shared uh, ideas generating board called the bad ideas board. And I thought oh, that's like, cool. there's such a cool way to go about starting on brainstorming and project is like come up with the worst ideas that you can. Um, and then you start to talk about, you know, Hey, actually there's something about that one, you know, that, that idea seems stupid and crazy, but you know, it might just work. So um, I thought that was a really nice kind of collaborative tool as well. That's really powerful because I mean, if you keep on uh, coming up with a safe approach, the, you produce predictable and relatively mundane answers to a problem. And unless you went into some crazy headspace for a moment, perhaps you wouldn't have made a connection to something that was actually feasible because you weren't, you know, keen to go there in the first place. I love that uh, bad ideas border. Really good. Really good. Well, idea. Let's, let's try it out sometime. <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, uh, and, and outside this podcast, Heather and I do talk. So uh, we don't have the bad ideas board, but I can tell you what we do is some bad ideas over the phone. <laughs> But that's all part of it, isn't it, right? That's it. Look, hey, um, look, I, I know you're going to have the zip real soon, but uh, look, Heather, thank you for jumping on, on, the, on the podcast here. Now, I understand that you've uh, that, um, you got a bit of a thing for uh, teachers to hear about. Yes. So we're a couple of things that are happening right now. Uh, we've got our annual educators survey. So if you've heard of careers with STEM or you haven't, um, do hop on the site careerswithstem.com. Uh, let us know what you think. We always love to get that feedback and, and to, you know, find ways to improve what we're doing. We also have a free mag opportunity because we're all about free magazines. Uh, so thanks to Google, they are sponsoring a, um, you know, free copies of the careers with technology magazine. They'll also pay your postage. So if you would like to get a bunch of copies, if you've kind of always wondered what it's about, um, hop on there and have a look for that free offer and you can set your 2021 up with some cool stuff that you can give out to the kids, use in the classroom, or just leave lying around the library. A friend, a friend of mine once said, if it's free, it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> teachers love free stuff. Every time I send out free stuff, there are the primary school kids, are, the primary school teachers are always running in saying, what about us? You give stuff to high schools. What about us? So this goes to any schools, primary schools, high schools. If you want some copies, just um, hop on to, um, to there and yeah, let us know. Uh, absolutely. Hey, before you run away, it's something I always ask people uh, before they run away every time. I always like to know people's advice on certain areas. And clearly you are all about careers with STEM. You create a magazine around it. I'm guessing you like it. Uh, so if you had to have, uh, just say you had a bunch of uh, just about to graduate uh, teachers, doesn't matter if they're primary or high school, but, you know, ones who are just about to launch into helping kids understand about science, technology, engineering, maths, uh, and especially career pathways, what would be some advice to be able to help them on their way? Uh, okay, so tricky question to end with. I love that one. Um, look, I think that um, I think that the the teacher programs are pretty cool right now, and I think there's there's amazing stuff that's being taught. I know that um, 
you know, frequently they're trying to kind of teach communication to science teachers and science to education and communication teachers. Um, Look, my passion is storytelling and I just think that stories are really, really powerful. I think that there's, um, you know, stories that connect with all different kids too. So I'd just say, yeah, look, just look out for those stories. Um, You know, it's about connecting on the human level. So look out to, um, you know, find the ways that you can kind of connect on that human level with um with your students and I always find that storytelling and just you know being authentic and being really vulnerable and being like yep this is me and I'm coming from this space and sharing who you are and what you're interested and passionate with and about and trying to you know connect with kids uh kids on that level that would just be my takeaway Uh, absolutely actually you just sparked a memory of mine uh jump on the physics website yeah the one that's spelt weirdly f-i-z-z-i-c-s uh type in ted talks by kids or with kids or something to do with kids ted talk kids (laughs) into the search box of our website you will find a number of embedded videos from the tedx talks uh done by students you know people who are still haven't left secondary school yet. Uh, they are incredibly inspiring because they're creating really cool actual solutions to real world problems. And so I kind of like the idea of our uh, students hearing from other students who are doing it rather than us old people talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be really cool. And that would, that would actually go, that would link right really nicely with what Heather, what you're talking about, which is story because it matters. That's so true. So powerful. That sounds great. And check it out. Uh, much appreciable. Thank you again, again, Heather. Have a fantastic afternoon. I will too. It's nearly the weekend for me, but uh, by the time some people listen to this podcast, maybe it's the evening or the morning, whatever. whatever. I hope you're having a great afternoon. And uh, Heather, thanks very much for joining me. Thanks, Ben. We hope you've been enjoying the Physics Ed podcast. We love making science make sense. Why don't you book us for a science show or workshop in your school? If you're outside of Australia, you can connect with us via a virtual excursion. See our website for more. There we go. That was Heather Catchpole, who is the head of content and a co-founder of Refraction Media. And uh, by the way, if you want to find out more about Refraction Media, head back all the way back to season one, episode 21, where we got to hang out with the other co-founder of Refraction Media, Karen Taylor-Brown, where we can hear about what they were doing even in more detail. Uh, it's a really, really cool company, and they are doing an amazing job helping kids understand about careers with STEM. It's a really, really good thing. Now, definitely head on over to their website, so Careers with STEM. .com.au and uh, find out that not just the educator survey and please do the educator survey and we'll give you that link in the show notes as usual but you just might be able to get some free copies of the 2019 code magazine so go to careerswithstem.com.au forward slash order dash free dash 2019 dash code dash magazines and you'll find that all there. And as usual, it's, <laughs> we definitely put those things in the show notes. So that is enough of this particular podcast. And by the way, that is the last podcast of 2020. We do have more things coming up for sure in 2021 and beyond. So uh, anyway, I hope you have a fantastic break, no matter where you are. And uh, we certainly will. And we're really looking forward to another fun-filled year. Well, as always, that's what we do uh, here on the Phys Ed Podcast, as well as going out to schools, libraries, museums, and more through Physics Education's outreach program. So look, have a fantastic afternoon, morning, evening, wherever you are, and I'll catch you another time. You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast. We're excited about science. Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released. And don't forget, for hundreds of ideas, free experiments, our new Be Amazing book and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. 
E-O-N. Dot net dot A-U.